Hey, welcome to the Not By Chance podcast. I'm Talmadge, Tim Thane's son and podcast manager. Today, Dr. Thane is going to be interviewing Sherry Murray, one of Homeward Bound's coaches. And this was recorded during the 2019 Homeward Bound advance. They're going to be talking about automatic assumed intent. And I think that's something we could all learn a little bit more about because we all do it. He's going to be introducing Sherry a little bit later, so we're just going to jump into this. This is Tim Thane, and we're going places. And today we're going to explore some information from one of our great coaches here at Homeward Bound. Her name is Sherry Murray. She has been with us for how many years now? Seven and a half. Seven and a half years. And she's got a great background. She's got in her, in her background a bachelor's and two master's degrees, marriage and family therapy, social work, and also a lot of, a lot of uh, certifications around parent coaching. Uh, she used to live in Michigan. She transplanted to Las Vegas. And uh, she, you, you took with you, I'm trying to remember the animals you took. Two golden retrievers and three cats in an <laughs> RV all across the country. So that, that must have been fun. Loads. And it, it may have even applied a little bit to our subject today. A little bit. So today, Sherry and I are going to talk a little bit about something that I think every parent actually deals with quite frequently. But you're going to put a little twist on it. You're going to talk about this subject that we're going to reveal here in a second. As it relates to children with ASD or anxiety, and, and that topic is, I, I think the way I would say it, when you sent this idea to me, I thought, wow, I do that all the time. And it's basically, as a parent, it's really natural and easy to ascribe negative intent to some of our children's behavior when there's something much more fundamental and at the core of that. Do you want to talk to us about, tell, tell our audience what, what you mean by, by that? So two things, I think, really, in thinking about predictability or is it control? And for kids on the spectrum and, and kids with anxiety in particular, we often see kind of a consistent pattern of behavior and a common term around that is rigidity, right? There's this rigid adherence to routines. They want to do things kind of the one right way and stick with that. Um, difficulty with changing, with transition, um, really just kind of resisting input from others. And those are the kind of behaviors that we see. These, these kids kind of fall into this, which looks like compulsive, repetitive, kind of self-absorbed even in some senses, and often looked at as oppositional kind of behaviors. So from the, from the perspective of a parent, you're seeing some of these behaviors what do parents think usually, or what do, they, what do they feel, and then what do they oftentimes say to themselves about their kid? I think parents really get stuck in, in that mindset that it's all about control, that, right, my kid's really selfish. He just wants everything his own way. Um, they don't want to listen to anything I say, or, right, they just get, often this idea of they get stuck and they don't want to know anything better, that it's really a sense of that they're doing this on purpose. That they're, like and they're it, making my life miserable yeah, on purpose. Yeah, right, that you're doing this to just be oppositional. 
um, that there's kind of nothing else behind it. Hmm. Why, why do you think it, it, it is the fact that so many of us kind of ascribe the negative intent so quick? Why do we do that? I think it's just an easy assumption to make because it looks so, it does, it looks oppositional, right? I'm not interested in what you have to say, mom and dad, to this, right? I'm going to do it this way. And it can, it can just come across really selfish. And I, I think parents, when we don't understand what's, what's going on in the background or what's going on underneath, it's just really easy. I think it's just easier. Just be like, well, that must be what it is. Yeah, if they swear at you as a parent, yeah. you think, oh, that's meant to hurt me. Yeah. Right? Or if they, they do something else, that, that would be the case. And how, how would a parent know the difference between, you know, the regular kind of oppositional behavior that does happen, right? There are some kids that maybe that truly is at their intent. Mm -hmm. uh, that versus trying to have some predictability in their life. I think once you know if your, your kid's on the spectrum or has that anxiety piece, we really think about what that really means, both those diagnoses are, are really kind of fundamentally about information processing problems. Um, kids on the spectrum we know have difficulties kind of processing information that's coming from multiple different sources or just coming too quick. Um, we know that kids with autism have weaker connections in their brain between our brain between their brain centers that information just can't get through there as quickly and slow processing is going to lead to a lot of misinformation and then those kids are going to be reacting and making decisions based on kind of spotty information and they're doing the best they can and it often then just looks out of sync like it's not matching mm. anything else you know what came to mind, Sherry, is you're talking about this slow processing. I had this image of, of a freeway. Maybe it's because we have a lot of construction here in Utah <laughs> right now. And they've shut down multiple lanes, and they're down to one lane where normally you might have three lanes. And it made me kind of visually see how you have this flood of stuff coming, but only a little bit is actually <laughs> processing. Is that similar to what you're talking about? Is that a metaphor that... that you can, you can say, yeah, that, that fits with what we're talking about. Yeah, absolutely, about. right. And, and think about that, right, when those three lanes go down to one, right? That's, it's slow. It's kind of messy. It can be kind of chaotic. And, and that's kind of how kids on the spectrum of anxiety kind of experience the world. It's just chaotic. It doesn't make sense, right, because they're missing so many pieces of it. And then that triggers the nervous system response. And we already know kids on the spectrum have a more fragile and disorganized um, nervous system. And it just creates a lot of uncertainty. Mm. That is well said. I think that, that helped me, helps me understand uh, children on the spectrum better than I have in the past in terms of that, the brain functioning and how that's working. Can you give us kind of a specific example of how this might play out in a specific, maybe a family you worked with that had this and kind of the both sides of the coin. You know, over here, what's going on inside the parent and thinking, mm -hmm. what's the behavior? What's going on inside processing-wise with the teen? Can you kind of roll that out for us so that we can visualize this? Sure. I worked with a family where a young man was on the spectrum and while I was there um, working with the family, um, this young man, 
had a exam coming up and he was gonna sit down and make flashcards. And so he's sitting down and he's writing and writing and writing and his parents kind of looked over his shoulder and recognized that he was essentially writing everything on the flashcard, right? It wasn't just little snippets of stuff, but he was writing paragraphs and the, the note card was just full of detail. And mom was like, well, that's not the way you do a flashcard. Well, that's the way I'm gonna do the flashcards. But that's not the way you do flashcards. And then it just became this battle. And right, this young man had come up with his one right way to do flashcards. Prior to that, he had had another exam. He wrote flashcards out that way. He did really well on the test. Is this because what is he needs for his brain, or is this just the rigidity kind of coming in? I, I, this is how I want to do it. I think for him, he had learned one way, right? And, and kids, right when you're a rigid thinker, well, I already have one way. I don't need another way. And mom saw it as, well, gosh, you're just wasting time. And then mom kind of, mom was very well educated and, you know, she had gone through medical school and she's like, you know, don't you think that I know how to do a flashcard? And then it just became this battle of, I know more than you do. And, and right, and it just, right, the problems when you have a, a rigid child and they're countering a rigid parent, <laughs> there's a good traffic jam yeah. right there. Um, so this young man just got that stuck in that process, and, and mom just couldn't sit back and recognize that he needed to do flashcards that way because that's the way that made sense to him. His refusal to listen to her had nothing to do with her. But that's not what she thought, right? right. She thought it was, he just doesn't think I know what I'm doing, right? He thinks he's smarter than me. And he's being stubborn. And he's being stubborn, right? And he was just... I did it this way before, I did really well, this works. And if I don't do it that way, I don't know what the outcome's gonna be. That uncertainty piece mm -hmm. came in for him and uncertainty is anxiety. And it's, it's fear, it's really, really scary when you're on the spectrum and things are uncertain. Hmm. You know, the, the thought came to me in a, almost a question in my mind, what if I'm a parent and I, I ascribe this to, anxiety or whatever, but it's really oppositional behavior. Is there any, is there any problem with that? Is that okay to go ahead and make my first assumption that it's more around the anxiety and, and trying to create predictability versus getting it right and they really being oppositional? Is there any, any problem with making the wrong assumption here? I think you're always going to be safe in making the assumption that your kid's intention is to just find some predictability. Because their intention, right, is just, I need to make sense of my world. And this is the way I know how to do that. And I think when we approach our kids with that assumption that their intention is pure, mm -hmm. right, we as parents are going to interact with our kids in a much healthier and more productive way. And, right, if, if mom had maybe just talked to him in that situation about the flashcards and her own rigidity <laughs> kind yeah. of come down a notch... Right, I think we would have had a way different outcome. You know, Sherry, I love this concept, really. I, I love it because you think about some of the parenting principles we teach at Homer Bound. And one of them is the first one about the relationship being mm -hmm. a priority and establishing that. So if you think about the two options, you know, if I have to choose 
uh, to, to believe my, my teen or my child is trying to control or be oppositional versus trying to just create predictability in his life, boy, that one, the second one, is going to help me connect better yeah. than I could ever do with the first one. So Absolutely. We're, we're kind of using this principle. The principle is kind of a general, and you're talking about a very specific example mm-hmm. of having that relationship be the priority up front around this really specific issue that we run into as, as families and parents. Well, is there any tips or any ideas that you could give us parents, you know, when we, we get maybe stuck in that cycle? Absolutely. I kind of narrowed it down to kind of five basic things. And I think that first thing is really just acknowledging you have to validate that this is about creating predictability and security. It's not about defiance. It's not about selfishness, right? This is a scared kid just trying to make sense of their world. And if you can start there, I think the rest of these pieces fall into place. And that second thing I think is really critical is even if we acknowledge the anxiety piece, to not get caught up in the convincing our kid that it's not something to be anxious about. You know, we try to sell them on the idea that it's not a big thing to worry about or, you know, just really recognizing whether you understand what that anxiety is all about, it's real for them, and you have to respect that. The third thing is just patience, compassion, and really accommodating when it's possible. Um, if you can create some routines, you know, allow some space for your kid to do things his way, you know, again, so much better direction that you're going to be headed in and relationship, again, is, is going to be established. When we see that overwhelm happening in kids, um, we just have to slow it down. Um, remove the confusion, prepare in advance, you know, just give them space. Um, parents tend to, right, when we feel they're being resistant, then we want to poke at them more. And really, that's just the time for parents to back off. Um, like I said before, problems most often happen when that rigid kid mm-hmm. meets the rigid parent. Parents have to be flexible. Um, rigid kids need flexible parents. I like that slow down. Yeah. Uh, because it is the opposite of what you want to do as a parent. Like everything gets more rapid and mm-hmm. urgent, and it's got to happen now, and it's got to be this way. And if we find ourselves going down that path, you're saying... If we just do the opposite of that, we're probably going to get a much better outcome. Yeah. Um, Just slow it down, right? And that's where we get to be creative and and flexible as parents, right? We know about, you know, having clear boundaries and and consequences. And all those things are really important for kids on the spectrum because, again, that creates a lot of predictability for them. But, right, there's a lot of times where we... And I'll give an example with my own son who's on the spectrum. He kind of panics in the car if I need to stop and get gas and I don't tell him ahead of time. If I just whip into the gas station, that's 15 minutes of what are we doing? What are we doing? Right? And I could spend a whole lot of time convincing him gas station, why are you worried about this? Right? But it's not going to work. Right? I just know that I need to be flexible with this and if I recognize the fuel light's on, hey buddy, we're going to stop and get gas. Okay. Can I help? And we pull in the gas station, and it's all fine. 
right? I, I could have spent a lot of time fighting him about that, but right, that was a time for me to be flexible. I, it's okay, right? It's not a big deal for me to give a five-second warning that I'm bowling into the gas station. And I think that's what parents really need to, to think. What are these little pieces that I can be okay with? Kind of anticipate a little bit mm -hmm. of what might be a, a triggering experience for them. Mm -hmm. that's, that's great. Awesome. Well, I, I know for me, even though you were talking specifically about kids with anxiety and on the spectrum, I can see that I could actually use that as a general principle uh, with my family. And I guess the other thing I'd just throw out there, uh, being that you are a Homer Bound coach and working with families, um, another thing I think that could be an intervention in those cases is that if you have someone, one of the things we do at Homer Bound is we have a thing called direct access. And if I'm triggered as a parent, maybe what I, the first thing I do is I'm triggered, I'm gonna put it on pause, maybe get a little coaching from my coach, a little support, They'll help me reframe, and I'll come back at this in a different way, in a, in a much more uh, aware mm -hmm. kind of way that's going to make this better. Yeah, I think kind of like stepping out of it is a really nice way to slow it down. Awesome. Yeah, and that slows it down. Exactly. Well, Sherry, this has been awesome. Thank you for joining us today for You're this welcome. podcast. and. We'll have to get you back on again. Tell me when your next, you know, next big topic that you want to share, All right. and we'll do it. Great. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks.